Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm humbled and I'm very, very excited to be joined by Mario Martinez Jr. today. Mario is the CEO and founder of Ben Gresso. He spent 85 consecutive quarters in B2B sales and leadership. He is one of 20 sales influencers invited to appear in the Salesforce.com documentary film, The Story of Sales, that was launched in 2018. He was also named one of the 2019's top, top 10 sales influencers by the Modern Sales Magazine. 2018's top 25 most influential inside sales professionals and selling power magazines 2018 top sales training and coaching consultant plus he's the host of the very popular the modern selling podcast mario very warm welcome sir how are you sam i love it i'm i'm thankful that you invited me and you know what i love about this is you really get to see personalities evolve, especially when you do radio like this, right? Uh, it's just a few minutes ago, we were spending time talking. You and I were having a really nice reserved conversation. And all of a sudden, it's hello. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Sam Dunning comes out. So I just love seeing personalities come out and transform when you're live on air. Dude, appreciate it. And, and excited to chat. I remember once a few weeks back, I had someone on the show and they said, Sam, you've turned from quite a uh, reserved guy to a performing monkey. What's going on? <laughs> It's just, <laughs> that's exactly what I did. I wouldn't say performing monkey, but a great performing monkey. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The, I think the Diet Coke kicked in, the caffeine's gone and we're, we're ready to go. Anyway, that said, Mario, there's plenty myself and the audience want to learn from you today. We'd love to learn a few main things, really. So we want to know a bit more about yourself. So where you grew up, your story, um, some of the key businesses you've worked at up to founding Vengresso, and more importantly, the lessons that you learn at each that you can share with us. Um, in terms of sales, in terms of business, and in terms of marketing. Um, and once we get up to where we are today, we'd love to learn how you've scaled up to Vengresso to where it is today, um, some of the marketing channels that have utilized to build it up. So I know you're a big hitter on socials, channels like LinkedIn and Twitter. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it, dude. So if we could start at the top and learn a bit more about yourself and um, take it away. Boy, this podcast is only about 30 minutes, right? 35 minutes, whatever. I, I think we could have spent a whole entire couple <laughs> hours just on that topic. So I'll yeah, give you the abbreviated version. Uh, so born and raised San Franciscan. Uh, sorry for those of you that uh, are saying, oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, born and raised here, never left the Bay Area. And uh, I came from a, a pretty a fairly humble beginnings, meaning my family didn't have a whole lot of money. And uh, I was the first in my family to go to college. I paid my way through college, paid for my college uh, as a result of working. And I remember even in my first year to get um, the money that I needed for, for uh, UC Berkeley is where I, I started at. Uh, I actually had to apply for over 200 scholarships and grants just to get Whoa. enough money to be able to pay for my first way. And then I worked all that first year to be able to pay for year two and beyond. So um, that's kind of my, my background there. I started out actually in sales in retail, believe it or not, okay. in retail. And I didn't know I was doing retail sales at all. Uh, I, in fact, I actually was working as a photo finisher. For those of you that are old enough to remember a, a, a retail shop called Ritz Camera Centers. That's uh, funny, dude. I worked my first ever sales job was in retail, but a camera shop called Jessup. So it's funny we both shared the same experience. Same exact experience. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Ritz Camera Centers is no longer even, I think, in existence. Um, but you used to be able to take your film at 35 millimeter film and go get it developed and printed. Um, that has since uh, died uh, since the digital era. But nonetheless, I started out there and I was, uh, all I was doing is photo finishing and I was overflow. Meaning when their salesperson wasn't around, I would go and I would uh, sell uh, or at least take care of the customers uh, for them. As turns out, um, after a, a few years, when I asked to uh, take a transfer from our Concord store to our Berkeley store, because I was go going to UC Berkeley, our regional manager denied my request for a transfer and I was just devastated. So he wanted to meet with me about that. And uh, it turns out he told me he wouldn't accept my transfer as a photo finisher, but he would accept it as a salesperson. Uh, why? 
Well, because apparently I was one of the top three salespeople in the region for a year and I didn't even know it as a photo finisher. Uh, and so he wanted to understand what I was doing. So he said, I'm too good to be put into photo finishing. I want to put you into sales. And that was actually the beginning and start of my career um, into sales. And from there, I ended up um, taking my first software um, job doing as a telemarketer, now called SDR, BDR, uh, as it. a telemarketer. And I was a part-time telemarketer for a software company. Um, it was an EDI software company. And uh, I had some pretty awesome results. And the first six months, about for every 10 of my leads I, I pushed over to the sales team, about four of them resulted in an opportunity. So as a direct result, the leadership team asked me to move into what's called a junior account executive role where I was partnered with a senior account executive. And I worked with them side by side on all of their accounts in their territory uh, to be able to help them sell and to do a lot of the grunt work that you do from an admin perspective. And, and so in my first year, we hit President's Club, set a brand new record for the company in terms of gross uh, sales ever made. And after that, I was promoted to my own junior AE. So I worked in software, then got recruited over to do consulting sales, then got recruited over to do infrastructure as a service sales. Uh, and then after that, telecom, after that, software collaboration. And then I started my own individual uh, company. So all in all, out of, 22, out of 18 corporate years that I spent in corporate sales and in leadership roles, 15 of those 18 years in corporate, corporate business, uh, literally were in the 100% or what's known as President's Club or Pinnacle Circle, Chairman's Club. Uh, so 15 out of those 18 years were spent in, in, in those categories. And I can tell you exactly what happened in all three of the years that I didn't hit my number. Uh, so any case, I'm very proud of that accomplishment. It was a great fun ride. And my wife still asked me today, why on God's green earth are you working and building your own company and making 50% less than what you could have been, could be making while you're doing direct sales. So, <laughs> but there we go. And it's because I, I love it. Okay. Well, that's, that's certainly a long story short. So Starting off in a, a photo re retail store, just like my, myself, um, working on the print side of things and somehow becoming a top three, three seller and then uh, being, being pushed into sales, it sounds like, and, and getting a taste for it and moving from there. So it sounds like you had success from quite an early stage from what you've just gone through with us, Mario. So you've, you've progressed well, over the years. You've progressed pretty well. Um, you went on to say you've, you've had 15 plus years, I think, in President's Club. So being a top performer. So perhaps you could share with us some of the secrets, some of the tips that enabled you to be so successful and to, to move up the ranks, as to say. Um, how did you do it, man? So I'll actually put it all together and sum it up in one word. It's the same phrase that I used in the sales documentary for the story of sales at Salesforce. And it's the same one that uh, Mark Benioff introduced and showed at Dreamforce last year as an opening clip to the sales cloud um, keynote. And simply put, sales is the art of helping, period. Sales is the art of helping, period. And if we think about it from that perspective in terms of um, whenever we're involved in a sales motion from the very beginning to the very end, it is the opportunity for you to help someone else solve a very specific set of problems or a problem uh, and for them to be able to address something um, that they need to fix inside the organization. And it may be a personal win maybe a personal help, it may be a business related help, but sales is the art of helping. And so if you think about it, sales from that perspective, generally speaking, you won't go wrong. And most customers will see the genuineness that you bring to the table when, it, when they are engaging with you uh, to understand whether or not you are the right fit and your company is the right fit to help um, assist them with whatever it is that you're trying to sell them. Nice, man. And have you got any tips on how we can make that shine through? And I think you've also got your own sales methodology, right? PVC, which perhaps we could dive into a bit more how, how that works. Yeah. So um, it's, first off, it comes with the tips, I would say. First off, it comes with the attitude. Uh, most people and most sellers, especially when those, those first messages hit my box, right? So I'm the CEO of Vingresso. We're the world's largest modern sales training company. We help sellers create more sales conversations through B2B digital uh, uh, selling motions. So if you think about this, 
as the CEO of Ingresso, I get many, many, many pitches all day long hitting my box, especially because my email is publicly available in most social media sites so people can actually contact me, okay? Um, and in, for the most part, it's all about me, 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 me. I, 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 I. Want, 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 want. 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. I can almost do like a dance, but da, 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 you know? <laughs> so um, if you think about this, um, that is the wrong way to approach a buyer. It is the absolute wrong way. I don't care who you are, what you are, or what you want if all of this is all about you. What I want to solve first is something that is important to me. And then I care about who you are and what you're all about and what your company is if I know that you can solve a very specific problem. And this is important for salespeople to truly understand this. Because salespeople, business owners, whoever it might be, and marketers as well, especially those that are writing the actual sales sequences or sales messages for the outbound type of campaigns. Um, we have to move away from the self-service model, meaning I want to serve me and therefore I'm going to ask you to meet with me because I want something. Nope, flip that around and it's all about you, the buyer, where you are at as a buyer and where I should be at as well. What you care about right now and if I can solve a problem for you right now. So take a step back and, and think about this, the digital era. There's no dispute right at all right now. Uh, everybody knows that all of our buyers are for the most part digitally connected, socially engaged, mobile attached, and video hungry. Why? Yeah. Well, because of the era that we live in with the whole COVID-19 situation. And it's not going to just go away overnight. Poof, right? It won't happen. Um, in fact, even when and if restrictions are lifted and everybody's kind of getting back to what they call the normal, uh, the pendulum has swung so far over to the right that businesses and individuals and companies have realized, oh my God, I can be fairly productive without having to swing back the other way and keep my costs lower. So the pendulum is not going to swing all the way back the way it used to be pre-COVID pre uh, uh, 2020. Um, it is going to be somewhere between where it was and where, where it has been during a shelter in place. With that in mind, um, when we approach our buyers, we do have a method called the PVC sales methodology. And in fact, you can go in and you, there's a, a phenomenal ebook and I encourage you to, to look at this. If you go PVC method, that's like PVC piping, the P, the V, the C, method.com, pvcmethod.com, then what you'll be able to see is a, is a really great ebook that is all around how do you approach a buyer? How do you reach out to a buyer with the idea of how to help them with the messaging? Example, we talk about the P. What does the P stand for? The P for the PVC is an acronym and it stands for personalize. Personalize your message. Now, I receive messages all the time, Sam, <clears throat> that says, dear Jake, dear Mary, dear Maria. My freaking name is Mario. Okay. All right. Let's get that right. First of all. So is your best stuff? Yeah, bad start. Your, <laughs> your email marketing automation totally sucks. It's horrible. And or you didn't even take the time when you were going through and if you were setting up a sequence to look at name to email. And I do this even when I set up a sequence as an outbound, as a sales influencer, when I'm reaching out to our customers. I go through the sales sequence and I look at every single name to determine if it even has a name, first of all, and if it does have the right name, at least according to the email that we've got in the database. So, so per first off, personalization. Now, let's talk about how do you open up a message when you're looking at email or specifically social. There's the dear Sam or hello, Sam. That's one option. Second option, hi, Sam. Third option, hey, Sam. Now, all three of them are legit. They're valid. They can be used. Well, what should a sales rep use when reaching out to a prospect for the very first time? Is it formal, friend, or best friend voice? What do you think, Sam? Formal, friend, or best friend? Formal being dear or hello, Sam. Dear Sam, hello, Sam. Friend voice being hi, Sam. And best friend voice being hey, Sam. So I can tell you what I do, but it's not actually any of those three. I normally just put the name. So if I was reaching out to you, I'd probably just put Mario because it takes less real estate on the mobile. 
but otherwise I'd probably put high. Very good. Okay. So the base minimum that when you're reaching out to a prospect should be at least the friend voice. Hi, Sam, the base minimum, right? Okay. Most people do dear, especially when they do it on social. So that is the wrong spot to use formal voice, right? So we want to be able to create an environment where we are showcasing some sort of friendship and personality. Now I always use, Hey Sam, exclamation point, because I want people to see that I'm excited in having a conversation. Always. That's what I always use email as well as on social and on social, you absolutely can use the, Hey Sam. Now a lot of folks might be listening saying, well, email's too formal, especially if you're in the, uh, the European countries uh, saying, Hey Sam might offend people. And you know, we're not in the same spot as, as the U S okay, no problem. Go high. At least, hi. Hi, Sam, right? Um, I think so, if you get offended so, by a, an email and an exclamation mark, then something's going wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, believe it or not, we do training worldwide and in Asia, Pac, and European regions. Ah, okay. The, num- the number one uh, feedback that we get from, we can't be, we can't be best friend. Like, you don't do that in, in, oh, in, wow. in the okay. UK. You don't do yeah. that in cross Europe. And I'm like, oh, Lord have mercy. It's a social medium. Everybody expects you'd have a social conversation. Shorthand is appropriate and it's okay. Nonetheless, go with friend voice. Base minimum friend voice. Now, personalization just doesn't mean the name. Personalization means that when we think about the P for PVC, we're looking at this from a perspective of how do I personalize to the individual? Now, might I look at someone's LinkedIn profile and could I say, well, hey, we went to the same college or the university uh, together. Oh, I saw that you speak German and I speak German too. Oh, I see that your golf interest, I mean, your interest is golf and therefore I'm a golfer as well. Could you use that? Yeah, meh, Eh, you could, but that's not the type of personalization I'm talking about. The type of personalization I'm talking about is when you look at a leader and if you can see that they're engaged with content and material on their Twitter, on their on, uh, LinkedIn um, uh, profile, if you can see they're engaged with content, find something that you can relate to that you can pull in and say, man, I saw your recent post on diversity in action for Vingresso. And that's a great example. Like I actually just wrote about how we focus on being very intentional uh, inside of Vingresso from a hiring perspective. And what I'm actually looking for, which is why we've able to build an organization that has over 40% Latinos, uh, over 40% women, right? So this is a very intentional action. So someone could have looked at me and said, hey, Mario, I saw your recent post on building diversity in action. And you include that link inside there as an example. It resonated to me because, right? And so now I know that you've actually taken the time to get to know me. That's one form of personalization. But now you might be thinking, hey, um, mm, I don't actually have any information on this person's social profile. They are not socially active. So what do I do then? That's when we call, we personalize to the buyer persona. So all the marketers listening in, this is extremely important that you listen in for the marketing. uh, If you're doing marketing outbound for your sales rep and the business owners, you may not have a marketing team, but you can still apply the same thing. So we personalize to the buyer persona. What do I mean by that? Let's start with this as an example. When our sellers reach out cold, which we rarely ever do, but sometimes it happens. If we have to reach out cold, and let's just say you're a VP of sales, we would reach out and say, hey, Sam, uh, majority of business, uh, excuse me, not business owners, majority of VPs of sales that I speak to have two common problems. One, they're trying to increase the number of sales conversations for their sales reps, and two, build the sales pipeline. Are you struggling with that? Okay, now you're speaking my language. You're personalizing to the buyer persona, right? And this is all documented in the pvcmethod.com that I mentioned earlier. Sure. If you speak to that buyer persona, now you're getting into what's important to me. And I'm going to do one of two things, Sam. As a recipient, I'm going to read this and say, yes, I have that problem or no, I don't. And if I don't have that problem, I don't want to be prospecting to you in the first place. So that's the P for the PVC right there. So personalized to the person or the individual or personalized to the buyer persona. Now we move on to the big V. And for those of you who can't see, I'm holding up my arms like, you know, I'm doing PVC. Uh, now we move on to the big V. What's V stand? What's the V stand for? It stands for value. Look, before you take somebody and before you get engaged with somebody, what are you going to do before you get engaged? That's a question for you, Sam. That's a question What's, for me. Well, yeah. get, what are you going to do before get, you get engaged? There's a process. There's something gonna, that happens before engagement. Yeah, yeah, sure. You're going to get a ring. 
you're going to propose, but before that, you're going to build up a relationship. Exactly right. That happens through the dating process, right? So generally speaking, you don't meet somebody for the first time at the bar and then all of a sudden you're getting married the next day. That just doesn't happen, right? <laughs> if it did happen, all right, you're an anomaly. But nonetheless, generally you've got to date them. And so this V for value is before you ask me for 15 minutes of my time, which by the way, you shouldn't ask for 15 minute meetings. I've got an opinion on that. Um, but before you ask me for 15 or 30 minutes of my time, bring me value. So you just talked about a problem. Majority of sales leaders that I speak to have these two common problems. Directly below are two articles that I think will help you and your sales team solve this particular problem. That's the value, bring in that content. Marketers, you gotta be asking yourself, do my salespeople have the content that they need to help facilitate the conversation they have to have. And on the, uh, for business owners, if you don't have content that you've personally written, no problem. Go out and find it. There's great tools like Feedly. Follow top sales influencers or influencers in your market that are talking about certain things, right? Go find that, that content. So you bring that value to the customer and um, make sure that you bring one or two pieces of content that will help them through the process of understanding. It could be an ebook, it could be a white paper, it could be a blog, it could be a short video, or it could be a recorded webinar, right? Those are many different items that you can bring in in terms of value. And then you close with that C for the CTA, the call to action. Now, most of us, when we're um, actually prospecting and sending out messaging, most of us want to go in straight for the kill. And the kill is, I want a 30-minute meeting. I want a 15-minute meeting. That's the end goal. Everybody wants the meeting. Everybody's looking for the meeting. And guess what? So is every other Tom, Dick, and Harry who's prospecting that particular buyer, right? So scrap focusing on getting the meeting. It might be appropriate for certain messages. It might be okay for certain occasions. And I'm not saying never use it, but try this. A call to action is not just ask for the meeting. You could ask a question to solicit engagement. You could ask a question to create an opinion and they respond back with their opinion. You could ask for help. These are the types of things that we need to be thinking about when sending out messaging that gets someone to reply. Why? Our goal is to create engagement first. That leads to a, from a connection to a conversation. We call it the C to C, connection to conversation, all right? That's really the goal. And so if you apply that PVC methodology in every message, then you will get better results both on social media in terms of outreach as well as cold prospecting. Love it. Love the process, dude. So just to quickly recap, for P, we've got personalized, where you're personalizing the, let's say we're doing cold emails to the person, so actually using their name with hey or hi, and then um, using uh, some, some content that they may have recently engaged on if you're able to. So if they, if they put something recently on LinkedIn that you've enjoyed the content and why you enjoyed it, um, or if they don't have that social brand, if they're not on LinkedIn, they're not on Twitter, you're not able to track them down, then going to the persona. So often when I speak to VP of sales, VP of marketing, they typically have these two issues that we often see. Um, then we've got the value point. So linking them some content that's relevant. So a blog article could be a recent video you did, could be a link to a webinar, um, any type of useful content that's, that's topical to what you're talking about. And then the call to action. So in terms of the call to action, Mario, you said you didn't like it when people say I've got 15 minutes to discuss, book 20 minutes on my calendar. So what are we looking at more, more, um, more brief or less committing call to action. So I've personally, had a little bit of success with asking things like open to learning more or open to discussing. Um, so a lot less time commitment because I know a lot of people are just sick and tired of seeing like book 20 minutes on my calendar and that kind of stuff. That you hit the nail on the head. And the question that you ask is exactly what I'm referring to when we talk about the CTA, right? The, the C for the CTA. Uh, that is you're asking a question. Are you open to a discussion, right? Especially if you lead with the questions of uh, most whatever your buyer persona is, ours is VPs of sales. Most VPs of sales I talk to have these two common problems. And if you close with, is, are you open to discussion to solve those two problems? I'm either gonna say yes or no. And if I say yes, it's because I have that problem. And now you know you've hooked them, right? But 
so, 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 so yes to what you just said, phenomenal way to create engagement. Remember, the goal is to create engagement, which leads to a, from the connection to a conversation. Uh, and it, it, it also in that regard, what I want to address is the 15 minute meeting. Most sellers are looking to focus on getting that 15 minutes. First of all, the 15 minute meeting is stupid. Stop it. All right, let me repeat that because people are probably saying, wait, what? The 15 minute meeting request is stupid. Stop it. Now that is a very big swath of content and our statement. And there are of course different selling environments that it might not apply to. For example, you may be very transactional with a $99 sale and it's a one call close type of environment. Okay, maybe so. But, but if you're looking at a, a sales motion that requires multiple calls, and a sales process that requires a buying committee? No, it's stupid, stop it. So why is that stupid and why should I say stop it? First of all, it takes about seven minutes to be able to build some rapport on a phone conversation with somebody, especially if, you, if you've started out with, you've got an a, identification of a problem. You're gonna sit there, you're gonna make some introductions, get a little background, you're gonna do a little research, you're gonna have some conversation. So you've already chewed up seven minutes of your 15 minutes and you don't even have time to assess what is the problem. It's like, how many times have you gone into a doctor's office where you've been frustrated? You walk in, you say, doctor, I've got a sore throat. And he or she says, open your mouth, ah. And they look at it and say, yep, you got a red sore throat. Uh, take this, do that, do this, do that. Well, no, duh, I, I knew I had a sore throat coming in. I told you I, I've been doing that. And why do you think that may have happened? Well, let, let, let's feel on your lymph nodes. Let's check, let's check under your arms. Let's check your fever. Let's check your blood pressure. Let's do all these other um, elements to be able to understand what might be causing this, not just, hey, you've got a sore throat, take two, two aspirins and call me in the morning, right? That's when we get frustrated with that. So don't frustrate your buyers. Schedule a 30-minute meeting. But here's the big kicker. Most sales reps, especially our younger sales reps, the millennials, when you send out a message, they send out a message saying, hey, I'd like to schedule a meeting, whatever the time is, let's just say 30 minutes, directly below is my link. Please go ahead and click on that link to book a meeting. Oh, stop it. Don't do that. No, 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 no. You work for that meeting because you're selling to buyers like me who are age 45 and older. And the way we grew up in our thinking is, no, 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 no. I don't just click on a link. And by the way, I'm the digital guy. I'm the all digital everything. So I'm all about links, all right? So mind you, but I think about my buyer who's 45. You don't just say, I'm gonna click on a link and then try to book a meeting. No, you work for the, for, for the opportunity. So what we do is, and what we teach our sellers is, is when you're extending outreach and you are going to um, ask for a meeting or if you are gonna ask for a meeting, then what you do is, is on the bottom of that meeting, you say, here, um, uh, Sam, I'm available. Here are three dates and times that I'm available. One is two weeks out at uh, the, a morning time slot, say nine o'clock. The next option is three weeks out at a, mi at a midday uh, time frame, say 12 o'clock or one o'clock. And the, th the third option is uh, four weeks out. The third option is four weeks out at a, say, four o'clock time frame. Now, and then you say, and if, by the way, neither, none of these dates work, I've included my calendar link below to avoid email scheduling volleyball. Very important. To avoid email scheduling volleyball. I've included my calendar link like below that. so that we can find something that might work. Would that work for you? Because now you basically showcase, I know that you're important enough for me to give you some time so that you can go and look on your calendar, three, sp three spots. And if for some reason it doesn't work, look, I don't wanna play email scheduling volleyball back and forth with a sales rep. I'm just gonna go click on that link and make it convenient for me. So now I've eased into that motion. And if you also understand, why did I say two weeks, three weeks, and four weeks out? Why did I say that? The reason for that is if you're selling to an executive, again, think of the sales motion where you've got multiple calls, a buying committee, not a one call, call close, not a, call, a single transaction, you know, sub $100, right? If you've got a sales motion, most executives are booked out at least two weeks on their schedule. So if you say two, three, and four weeks out at nine, one, and four, 
Now there's really no opportunity or possibility that they're going to say no because you've pushed out so far ahead that their schedule probably isn't booked up. So be smart about your sales prospecting and booking calls uh, is what I say. Love it, dude. Love the PVC method. And I'm sure you're the same. I get between 10 and 20 LinkedIn DMs per day, as well as several phone calls. I'm guessing you probably get 100 or so. Just literally, um, Sam, we do X. Um, we do X, it can help you book a time on my calendar. It's like, what? And I've even had cold calls lately where people just say, Sam, um, are you interested in signing up on our CRM software, for example? Um, we just want to schedule a 30-minute demo. It's like, what? You haven't led with value. You haven't talked about the pain you can solve. You haven't told me anything. You just told me that you want to book, you want me to spend 30 minutes. It's like, what? Um, so yeah, study that PVC method because that's going to help you a heck of a lot. Yeah, I had a great, uh, I hope we have some time to tell us a quick story here, but do we sure. have some time? To, okay, yeah, let's I had a great, a great cold call. Now, I, I love sales guys and gals. And um, my wife it drives her crazy because I take calls in the, in the middle of family time. And like I think it's a cold call and I just want to help, right? So I, t- I take a cold call and it's like, hi, I'm, and they start pitching. And, I, and then I sit there for 15 minutes and I coach them. Here's what you did wrong, right? You're calling one of the world's top thought leaders uh, on sales, did you even know who I was? No, no, I, I didn't know. You know, like I said, it's just in my dialer. Like that's the problem with, with automation. Know who you're, know thy buyer. That's the saying, know thy buyer. So I, a great call is a sales rep called me. He had been calling me for over six months. He probably left me about 30 voicemails. And he was trying to sell me telecommunication services for our office, okay? Uh, he finally gets me. I actually thought it was our chief sales officer. So I picked up the phone. It was a, a, a caller ID in the same area code as my chief sales officer. And I uh, pick up the phone and it's him. And he says, hey, uh, I'm giving you a call um, to uh, uh, reach out to all IT buyers, to my, all my IT buyers to talk about network infrastructure. And I said, um, he says, so I'm, I'm hoping I can schedule a call with you. And I said, you lost me when you said, um, hey, uh, I, say, I, I said the words, I said, hey, I'm reaching out to my IT. You lost me in the first seven words. And he goes, what? And I said, you lost me on the seventh word. I'm not an IT buyer. He's like, oh, well, I thought that you know, IT infrastructure was underneath you. I said, well, it is. Yes, I'm the CEO. Ultimately, IT infrastructure is under me. Yes, yeah, but I'm not an IT buyer. Do you know who I am? He was like, well, you're the Mario Martinez CEO. I said, no, do you know who I am? Yeah. And uh, he was like, well, I'm not really sure how to answer that question. I said, did you look me up on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook or, or YouTube or anything else? He's like, no. I said, so you do not know who I am. Did you go to my website? No. Did you look at my about page? No. If you had looked at any of those pieces of information, you would have known that you would not have led with, I'm reaching out to IT buyers. Right? That's the first problem. The second thing I said to him is, is look, man, you're reaching out. Did you do a search on my address? He's like, yeah, and, and we have um, network connectivity services um, for your specific area. I said, did you realize that it's a mall? He's like, what do you mean? And I said, it's a mall, and the location is a UPS store with a P.O. box. He's like, uh, no, so you don't have any office space. I said, no, because if you had looked at our company, looked at our story, looked at anything about us, you would have seen that when we started the company, we had a mission. And that was to create a 100% virtual company with no real estate whatsoever. And it was extremely intentional because we're a digital sales training company and you can live, breathe and die off of a virtual digital environment. And he was like, <laughs> oh, snap. And I'm like, look, Brad, like I want to help you, you right? <laughs> So, so yeah, I'm like a crush the guy. No, but afterwards I said, listen, I want to help you. You know, you, 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 how, how many years you've been in sales? He's like, only one. I said, all right. So here's your opportunity. This is a good lesson learned because I promise you, you're doing this on every other call that you're making to other buyers and you got to fix that. And so uh, he was like, man, like no one's ever taken me through that. I was like, here's the motion. I went through the PVC sales methodology, right? If you're going to reach out to me, you can still use PVC on the phone. You just got to shorten it up because you got 30 seconds, right? You can still use PVC. You can use PVC on social. You can use PVC on email. You can use PVC in direct mail. You can use PVC anywhere that you want. And so I, I, I told him, I said, one last thing. If you had looked at my LinkedIn profile, you would have seen that I was connected to your CEO. Now, I knew as soon as he called me, the company he worked for, because the CEO and I used to co-sell together at a previous company as sales reps. And he went off and opened his company. And then seven years later, I went off and opened my company. So I said, you would have seen that I was connected. And then what you would have said is, 
hey boss, CEO at my company, I see that you're connected with this guy. I've been trying to connect with him. I've called him 42 times, right? And emailed him 100 times and he's not responding. Can you reach out to him? And then your boss would have said, or your CEO would have said, no, they're a virtual company. They're probably not our target market, right? So, so I said, and the best way to get into my office, which we could have a whole nother podcast about this, Sam, the easiest and best way and the fastest way into someone's office is not cold. It's not PVC. It's through what we call the referral. And then we have a whole methodology on the digital referral, which we don't have time for. So any case, that was my short story. And I hope that's a good learning lesson for salespeople and business owners in terms of how you reach out to somebody. Definitely a lesson on, on that cold outreach. And more importantly, I'd say is, is doing a, a quick bit of research. So I guess even if you're on a dialer like he was, he could have quickly snapped onto LinkedIn or Twitter or any social platform, had a, had a look at what you guys are doing. Cool, man. So we've covered some good stuff. Enjoy the PVC methods. So if you're not yet, give that, give that certainly a try. But what we'd love to learn is why you started Vengresso and how you scaled it up over, over the last couple of years, Mario, and um, a little bit more about the, the techniques, the strategies that you and your sales force have used to build up to where it is today. Uh, so uh, great question. And how it started was um, I was a VP of sales at my former la uh, the former company I worked for in corporate sales, my last stop in corporate and uh, I launched a digital sales program, which included a social selling training and video sales training program all at the same time to 120 U.S. domestic sellers and 350 globally. And um, uh, it was so successful that LinkedIn asked me to speak at their annual users conference to talk about how we were able to drive something that had never been done before, which was 100% rep adoption and 100% of our reps actually attributed a sales opportunity to the open pipeline. Uh, three months later, I went out on my own. Uh, and I was consulting and training companies like Cisco and ADP and um, uh, other organizations because of the brand that I had built. Um, but it was only as a direct result of standing in front of LinkedIn's audience. So for those of you that are audibly listening, if, if I had a straight line uh, for my brand equity before walking into LinkedIn, it did a vertical uh, uh, flip-flop 90-degree angle uh, to, uh, to um, all the way up afterwards. So I'm thankful to LinkedIn for actually creating my brand is essentially what happened or giving me the opportunity to create the brand. Um, and so about a year into it, after I opened up my, uh, my own individual sales training company, I was looking at this and said, man, the digital sales marketplace is so fragmented. There's a, a, a bunch of individual consultants that are out there, but nobody's nailed this by bringing this all together under one umbrella. Um, and nobody's really doing kick knocking it out of the park. So if I was going to open up a service-based company, I wasn't going to go compete with the other 200 sales training companies that are out there. There was, there, there, there was no reason to do that. So I said, let me pick a niche that nobody's in. And that was digital sales, right? So I went and um, a year into uh, my, um, my first venture, I said, there's got to be a quicker, faster, better way. And there was. And I came up with a plan to do a uh, merger. Um, and that was to merge together multiple companies. Went okay. and pitched a number of individuals uh, to be able to bring their business together to take it to the next level. That was really the goal is take the business to the next level. So if we could do that, then we could uh, form collectively the largest digital sales training company, or we call modern sales training. And on top of that, we could leverage influence and brand in the marketplace. And that's exactly what we did. So literally uh, a year and three months after I started my first company, I merged together four companies um, with uh, Vivica Von Rosen, who's one of the most well-known social media influencers on LinkedIn, Kurt Shaver, who is also a sales influencer, and Bernie Borges, who had a uh, fine reputation in the marketplace as one of the top content marketing influencers. Brought everybody together. And with bringing everybody together, uh, we were able to now leverage our collective influence, which reaches about 55 million sales and marketers now today. So how did we build up the influence individually? Uh, I would say my story is probably one of the fastest case studies out there that went from zero to influencer within a one-year period of time. And what did I do? I simply leveraged social media. I developed what's called a connection strategy. Uh, and this is what we teach our sellers to do. You find your target buyers and you develop a connection strategy. With that in mind, uh, um, the, the connection strategy that we're focused on is looking at your target buyers and helping to build up a conversation, which then creates value through social media. And now you create influence. The second part of what I did was is create content. And content didn't need to be um, big old long blog articles. Uh, everybody told me to be an influencer, um, that I needed to be able to um, 
uh, write a book. And I don't know about you, but anytime someone um, uh, tells me that, uh, that I need to do something and to be able to do, to be able to be something, I say, watch me do the opposite, right? And the opposite is, is I'm going to show you that I don't need to do that. So what I did was, is I said, I'm going to create video. While all the other sales influencers were writing blog content, nobody else was really focusing on video content or very few were. And that's where I started creating short snippets of video content. And as I developed my connection strategy of my target buyers and or target followers, um, I started to build up influence and following. And then all of a sudden, Nirvana happened. And there was enough following, enough connecting that resulted in opportunities and conversations that resulted in sales, which resulted in now all the other marketplaces, the magazines, the trade rags, the sales technology companies, seeing that this guy, Mario Martinez, was actually out there and um, was creating influence. People were following him. And so as a direct result, I want to use his brand to amplify my own. So they would invite me onto their podcast. They didn't have me on their blog and those types of things. So that was really the way to be able to, the, the, the road to influence. And the same principles can be applied to a salesperson or a business owner. The same exact principles. Now, you may not have be aspiring uh, um, um, uh, influencer. And I was not. I was not an aspiring influencer. What I was aspiring to do was be able to build my first year of revenue because I was a former VP of sales and I was out of my own now. And if you could imagine the type of income that I had as a VP of sales, I had to replace that income. So I had a very focused plan and I worked that plan. And all I did was read, read, read. And today to this very day, I hate reading books. I really do. Um, I read about 2000 blogs a year and watch maybe a few hundred videos uh, um, uh, a year, maybe even a video a day. Um, is what I do. So I, I like short form content and I use that information to be able to build the company. So how we started Vingresso was really forming together a collective brand that would dominate the market industry in teaching sellers and business owners how to go about creating more sales conversations using digital. And there's a great site out there called moresalescalls.com um, that you know, people can go and look at and look at how to um, some, some specific sales training to help you out. Awesome, man. So I love, I love that you found the right niche that wasn't being tapped into, which was digital sales. And then you built up a strategy. You merged the four companies. You built up a connection strategy, which I'd love to dive into a little bit, if we may. Um, you talked about starting conversations, connecting and starting conversations with your ideal buyers. So for anyone that's listening or watching and thinking, how the heck do I go about that? Um, can you give us a very quick snapshot of how someone could get started in such yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, put the context in the form for sales reps and business owners because it's a different mindset if you're trying to build up influence uh, and the process. But for a salesperson and a business owner, first of all, um, just the same way we do with our sales reps, we've got a, a team of four inside of our organization, um, and our sales reps are rocking right now. They're literally about three months old, and we just had our second quarter. Uh, close and we actually made quota by $1,382 over quota uh, by the hair of our chinny chin chin. Uh, but we still made it. Nonetheless, we got the mark. Um, but um, so, so for the, for a sales rep and for a, a business owner, what you need to understand is who's your buyer persona. Once you understand who your buyer persona is, it was who you're going after. Next, you're going to be focused on who are my target customers and or prospects that I want to go after. And if you look at that from the perspective of maybe my top 50, my top 100, my top 20, my top 10, whatever the number is, it doesn't matter. You're going to do that either on a monthly or on a quarterly basis. All right. So the bigger the number, probably you'll manage this throughout the quarter. So if you have a top 100, you're probably going to be developing a connection strategy over a quarter long period. So think about your sales motion as a sprint, just like marketing has marketing sprints. Okay. The sales motion is going to be focused on my top 10, 20, 100, 50, whatever the number is, okay? And what you're gonna do is, is you're gonna fo focus in on those customers and you're gonna develop a connection strategy with those individuals. How do you start it? Exactly what I said earlier about the sales rep who called me up who had not done research on me, didn't know who I was, you start there. Our sales rep's cadence uh, is generally about six steps and, 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 and we repeat some of those motions in between. The first step is always, always connect on LinkedIn with a personalized connection request. So that's the cadence. That's how we start our cadence, both inbound and outbound, inbound and outbound. Um, actually, I take that back. Inbound for sure. Outbound, there's a precursor step. 
And that is they're going to look to see if they can engage on social media with that individual's content, comment, like, and engage, tag and at mention. And then the next day they're going to connect. So it's a little bit different for the outbound. But, but now let's get to the point that we've reached out to connect. The next step that you're going to do is to be able to create a sales conversation is uh, to actually um, turn around and if they connect back with you, now you're going to send a personalized welcome message. You're going to utilize the PBC method that we talked about earlier and bring that welcome message in. And traditionally, I like using video to be able to create that conversation um, uh, for, as a video message. Nice. And then okay. if there's no response there, I'm going to move to an email medium because our buyers may not be on social. Our buyers may not want to respond to social. So I'll move to email to see if they're on email. And this is why our job for sales has gotten so much harder, Sam, so much harder because we now have to look at, is Sam a social person? Is Sam a, uh, uh, an email person? Is Sam a texter? Or does Sam like video, short form video? I don't know what you like until I start trying all the different methods. And every buyer is different. There's no one swath that, that applies to everyone. So now I go from, from, from LinkedIn to say uh, email. And then from email, I now send a video message. From video message, I might use text. From text, I might use direct mail. And then I might place a cold call or a, what in this case will be a very warmed up call, right? So somewhere along that process, you can mix and match how you like. The cadence doesn't matter. What does matter, the cadence uh, setup that doesn't matter. What does matter though is, is don't reach out to a buyer cold. Don't reach out to a buyer cold. Almost all buyers, you can probably find a way to connect with that individual buyer and warm that call up. But there are times where you have to do a cold connection. But also I forgot in that cadence inside there was a digital referral. You might ask for a referral to get inside there using your Rolodex called LinkedIn. <laughs> and, and you might be able to connect that way as well. So many different ways. But that's the way I would, I would focus on developing a connection. And we go into that entire training program, the methodology, the cadence that you should build, and how to select your cadence uh, on, on our, our Selling with LinkedIn training program called moresalescalls.com. Love it, dude. Um, and what rung through to me when you were going through that is that, like you said, not everyone has their own channel that they prefer to be contacted on. So I know if we're dealing with a new inbound lead that not everyone's going to want to talk on email, just like you say. So yeah, send a personal request on LinkedIn, maybe send them an email, obviously try them on the phone. If they've left their phone or we've got their phone number, um, maybe utilize text, maybe utilize WhatsApp. Um, Cause everyone, like you say, likes to communicate on different ways. And it's strange how people can just ignore what channels seem obvious for you to reply on and then reply on some obscure chat channel, like text message and start talking, talking to your project over text or over LinkedIn messenger. So everyone's different, like you say. So the more channels you tap into the more chance you've got to succeed and actually start those conversations, which I love. Cool, dude. So this has been, this has been epic. Um, before we wrap things up, I would like to ask you one thing, Mario. For anyone that's thinking of starting their own company or anyone that has recently started their own business, have you got any tips or quick golden nuggets of advice that may help them out? <laughs> Actually, I have a video on this of what to okay. consider before starting a video. It was, with, it was as a result of a conversation I had with Alice Hyman. And uh, she, 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 it's, a, it's a story. Hopefully, there's enough time. And, and I, I called Alice Hyman, who's also a sales influencer and a friend of mine. And I said, Alice, I'm thinking of starting my business. Uh, what, what should I consider? And she said, I got two questions for you. I said, oh, okay. She's like, it's very easy. These two questions will be very, very easy. And it will tell me whether or not you are ready to be a business owner. I said, okay, I'm like, this is it, the secret formula, give it to me. She said, first question, do you have enough money in the bank that will allow you to sustain your current lifestyle or close to it for the next year? And I said, yeah, I do, absolutely. I've got, I got enough of that. She said, perfect, okay, you're 50% of the way there through completion. And I was like, okay, what's the next question? She said, are you willing to risk it all? Uh -oh. And my answer was interesting. I said, wow, um, I would be, but I'm pretty sure my wife would not be. And so that's, that's, that, that would be a good question. And then she said, okay, okay, oh, wait, I lied. There's actually a third question now. Now, based upon your answer, there's a third question. And I said, and she said, this is the final question because this will determine whether or not you should be a business owner. And I said, okay, well, what is it? She said, do you want to remain married? <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. And, and so I said, yes, I do, but wait, there's more. And so, you know, what I, what she didn't know was, is I actually had two contracts that were in process 
that would help launch my company. And so, uh, okay. um, and, and so what she said was, well, well you should have started with that first. Uh, and so she said with that in mind, well, if you're fully funded, then go for it. Right. Um, but those were two really great questions that you got to consider. Business ownership is not for the faint of heart. And I will tell you that in my first four years, if you think about the number of hours that I've invested into my business, um, you know, I, I wear many hats, including now that being the largest modern sales training company, we're still less than 30 people, but I still wear the hat of CEO, CFO, COO, chief legal officer, and now taking over all of marketing as well. So the point is, is that you're going to wear many hats. You're going to have a huge investment and the hours to, to revenue that you make, unless you hit it big, unless you hit it big, the hours to revenue is generally going to be uh, um, less than on a per hourly basis than if you were to go work for somebody else. But the rewards can be a pretty amazing. And the, the, the rewards for me is, is I control my own destiny and I can do what I want, when I want, how I want in order to be able to support my family and do what I want. But it does come with a fair amount of pressure. And Sam, what you don't see is right here on the back of my head is a nice big giant bald spot that probably would not have happened if I didn't have my own company. But that's my answer. Some, some great top tips there. So basically have enough cash in the bank for a year make sure your better half is on board. And uh, if you can line up a couple of clients ready to rock and roll. So you've got a bit of revenue coming in when you start. It sounds like that's exactly correct. You got it. You nailed it. Love it, dude. Well, everyone, you've been tuning into Sam's business growth show where we sit down with business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your sales and skyrocket your business. Mario, if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, having a positive influence on yourself and your career, who would that be and why? Uh, well, no doubt, I would say my dad. Um, my dad, um, he was the hardest working truck driver I've ever seen. Uh, and um, he always said, hey, I don't care if you want to be a truck driver or a brain scientist, uh, but you, whatever you do, be the best at it. Um, and, uh, he always convinced me to, uh, to do more with my, with my life. So, um, uh, that was on a personal level, him on a business level, there's a gentleman by the name of Greg Wolf. I think I told you the story that I started as a junior account executive, um, pairing with the senior account executive. It was the best one year of my life because I got to shadow one of the top salespeople in the world that I would put in terms of how to sell and how to manage through a sales process. And I learned right underneath the shoulder. So that's what started my career in really business, business to business sales as mastering the art of sales. Love that, man. Tell us a bit more about your business, how people can connect with yourself, Mario, and the best way to get in touch. Well, if you haven't figured it out, I'm on social media. <laughs> So feel free to make sure you connect with me. Tell me you heard me on Sam Dunning's podcast here uh, um, on, on LinkedIn. Make sure you send a personalized connection request message and I welcome them all. Um, and uh, of course, on Twitter, um, it's at M underscore three JR. I'm Mario Martinez Jr. Um, we've got vengresso.com. That's V-E-N-G-R-E-S-O and pvcmethod.com that I talked about earlier. It leads to our Vingresso site and moresalescalls.com leads also to our Vingresso site for our Selling with LinkedIn sales training program. So those are the three ways you can get to me. This has been fun, man. Mario, thanks so much. Thank you, buddy, for having me. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales and business growth tips from the experts.